0: Hi, my name is Arielle Martone and I am a physical therapist, yoga teacher, postnatal coach and postpartum wellness coach. And I am so excited to share with Pearl here today.
1: Hey everybody, this is Pearl, another Conversations with Pearl, and I'm so excited today because I have a special guest today. My dear friend and business coach Julie DeLuca Collins was not able to come on today, and we're sending prayers to her mom. But. I'm so excited to have Arielle with us today. She shares about her mindful practices, and she shares that when she first started way back in high school swimming was was when she would do progressive muscle relaxation and visualization practices before me. Say that 20 times, everybody. She loved (laughs) it, and it sparked her interest in mindfulness since then. It's been a way of her life. Well up to having her little babies and somehow when she needed it most she seemed to have forgotten in the midst of her own postpartum depression and so it wasn't until she reignited her mindfulness practice that she was able to truly move through her own postpartum depression and learn to love the challenges of what postpartum brought. So Ariel, thank you so much for coming on today. I know we just have a short time together, but I want to get right into it with everybody. So tell us, you know, this journey. I mean, I I was never a swimmer, but I have friends that run swim teams and that the whole psyche of being so in tune of what they're doing and making sure they get their time and everything. Walk us through how that defines you today and what does mindfulness play in your life today?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, right before I get into that, I just want to kind of piggyback off of what you were saying with thoughts going out to Julie and her mom, and you know it kind of highlights the need for being flexible, which, um, really nothing (laughs) highlighted more than being in my postpartum journey. So it kind of all ties together. So I'm glad that we could all make this work. Um, but yeah, so high school swim team was, we had a intense coach to say the least who took it very serious. Um, and I think, you know, looking back, I think that was really a good thing. Um, and with you know with how much he took um the sport itself seriously uh to the point where we would kind of get looks like oh you're going skiing this weekend because swimming is the winter sport and that was always frowned upon because you know <laughs> no risk of injury otherwise right um but with with the intensity of the physical practice that we were doing both in the water and our dry land portions we also had um We also had a mindfulness practice that he introduced to us, which I, you know, I feel like I was really lucky to have had that introduced at such an early stage in my life. Um, And we would we would start, you know, in our locker room. All bundled up because, you know, swimming, you'd have extra layers on your towels and we would listen to recordings together as a a team and it would take us through a muscle, you know, progressive muscle relaxation technique. So you'd either start at your toes or you're going to kind of work your way up or down your body, one muscle category at a time. Um, which really brings you in tune to how you're feeling and, and can bring up awareness into where you're holding tension. And for some people, it tends to generally be the same spot all the time, But but that can always change day to day. So it's really a good idea to kind of consistently check in with yourself. Um, But it also also introduced the visualization piece of, you know, practicing and rehearsing your race, your event in your mind prior to getting up on the blocks and jumping in the water. So, you know, it's a practice that a lot of um, higher level athletes still use today. A lot of Olympic level athletes do a lot of visualization techniques. Um, I, you know... I loved the sport. I was decent at it, but by no means, uh, Olympic level at all. But I do think that the visualization became a really valuable tool for me, um, for the races that I was doing. And then, you know, really throughout life. And I think Um, you know, with swimming in general, I was, um, more towards like the endurance end of the spectrum. So I would do the distance races in college. I would do the distance, um, races as well. Um, you know, 500 and the mile. And I feel like for those, those length of sports, the visualization and the mind, um, mindset piece really come into play because (laughs) you're, you're in it for a while there.
1: And I love when you talk about checking in with yourself. And you know, I th- I the I want to back up though to say kudos to your coach because I think that's one of the things that we miss for our younger generation now is that we're not teaching the mindfulness, we're not teaching that, we're also not teaching things like. But You know, I was at an event last night for human trafficking and we're not teaching in the lower level. I mean, I was so shocked this the, the statistics showing that even at five years old, right, that they're being exposed to all this. So we're not teaching these things. And it's so important, the mindfulness, like to and the checking in with yourself. I think if we could do some of those things for our kids, like, you know, right from the get-go in elementary school and whether it's for those that are listening, that are teachers are involved in that, like incorporating something in the morning, you know, we get up in the morning and I don't even know if they still do this but we do the pledge of allegiance and all those announcements. But how cool would it be to be that school that says, let's take a few minutes and just kind of quiet our minds and get ready for the day. I mean, I think that would be so powerful. And, you know, have a, a coach that taught you that so young, I think that's just phenomenal. I love that he did that for you. And like you said, check in with yourself. That's, you know, I have what's called the Shiro League and it's a community of women. And we get together once a week, every Sunday evening from 8 to 9 p.m. And those are things we're working on, like checking in yourself. What brings you joy? You know, what do you have to release in your life to enjoy the things that bring you joy to make sure you're working on the things that bring you joy? And then we have, you know, we do a we have a four month series where we deep dive into that. And a lot of it is creating that roadmap around being mindful with what you're doing, being aware of how you're balancing your time. Have you created a fence around your boundaries with the gate that you'll open when it's the, the right time to open that gate? And I just love that you, you brought that. And so I want to go in because I know, like I said, our time is short, but I want to go into how it helped you because, you know, I'm a mom of a forever 25 and a 23 year old sons. And I luckily I didn't suffer with postpartum, but that's such so prevalent these days. And so tell us how that helped you. And so that mom that's might be listening to us that is either expecting a baby or maybe it's had one is like, gosh, I, I want to know more about this. Share with them how it helped you. What were some of the things that you did to help walk you through some of those challenges you were facing?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think First of all, um, it seems like it is becoming more prevalent, postpartum depression or um, postpartum anxiety, postpartum rage, any of those really postpartum uh, mood disorders. Uh, But I feel like it makes sense because it seems like it's becoming more prevalent in general. And that could be for lots of different reasons, um, which (laughs) we won't get into right now. Um, But I think, you know, diagnosis aside, I think a lot of it. Um, you know, a lot of it is quite common early on. um, And it might be considered the baby blues, or it's just your adjusting phase. Um, So I just always like to say that even if you're not in a place where you feel like you're in absolute despair, if you're struggling at all, and if it's difficult at all, and, and it is difficult that that transition going from, you know, being pregnant to then all of a sudden, like, poof, you're now in this brand new role, your hormones just completely bottomed out after being at their all time high during your pregnancy. Um, it's a huge, huge adjustment that you're in. And so if you're, if there's a little bit of, of struggle or discomfort there, know that it's, it is normal and that it's okay, but that you don't have to be stuck there. And that, you know, getting support to move through that again, diagnosis or not is only going to serve you um, at a higher level. So with regards to mindful practices postpartum, it it didn't come natural right away for me, which is funny because I've been practicing it for so long, um, you know, speaking of, you know, since high school, and then really throughout, throughout the rest of my, you know, early adult life with continuing with distance sports, whether it was swimming or um, running, ultra running, the practice was pretty consistent for me, and then all of a sudden, I'm I'm thrown into this new role. Um, and with my with my first, I I experienced a little bit of of those difficulties. In hindsight, now looking back. You know, did I have what would be considered postpartum depression? Honestly, I I don't know. I think possibly, but it I moved through it quicker. Um, again, I do think that having support would have been helpful, and probably or possibly anyway would have helped me the second time around um, if I got support the first time through. Um, but because I wasn't. I wasn't prepared for it. You know, you think you prepare as much as you can. And I felt like physically I was fairly prepared. Um, I, I really wasn't expecting to be hit with the feelings of depression and that, that like heaviness, that doubt that was, um, kind of coming along with it, um, so it took me a little while to start to really integrate the mindfulness practices. But once I was able to do that, really the kind of tuning back in with myself um, that, you know, the body scans and the uh, muscle relaxation became a really big part of it. Because again, as we talk about, you know, touching base and checking in with yourself, sometimes you don't even really you don't realize what you're not aware of. Um, and so until you take that moment to just pause and touch, you know, touch base, see where you're holding tension, see how you're feeling. And you're like, Oh my goodness, like this is weighing in on me a lot. I'm holding so much tension, you know, in my neck, or I'm feeling really nervous. And like, you're noticing that in your gut. Um, and then starting to be able to kind of move through that with, you know, I, I did a lot of journaling and And some meditation, but for me, movement meditation has always been a really big piece of it.
1: And I, you know, I was sitting here listening to you talk about, and I was back going a few episodes. I, we were talking about how we don't have marriage mentors, right? And I was sitting here listening and I'm like, you know, we don't even have mentors for preparing to become a mom, right? We have these what not to expect, you know, what to expect when you're expecting books and all these books that they give us to read. But I was sitting here, I actually wrote down are there classes on what to expect, expect mentally, like after you have a child, like we should be doing that like when you're pregnant, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, not,
0: not that I'm aware of. I know, I, I, I feel like we need to prepare for our postpartum stage with the vigor that we prepare for like the nursery. <laughs> so right. what, what wall color are we going to choose and all of the gadgets and the things that you think you need? Um, and I, you know, I've, said this before, and I feel like I can't say it enough is that what your baby needs most is a mom who is well and who, who feels good. Um, And it's not going to be every day, all day that you're feeling good, especially early on because of just the changes that your body is going through. Um, but it, you know, it can be the majority of the time. I really, I truly, you know, after going through what I went through, I really do believe that it can be the majority of the time. And I am, you know, in a much better place now and, and work, you know, with the women that I work with to really kind of get them through that quicker and, and less alone. Um, but, but to your point of the marriage,
1: (laughs) marriage I mean, we, you know, I mean think about well, it, you know, why not yeah because like in the catholic faith they send you to marriage counseling you know all this marriage encounter we have all these things but we don't have anything that says hey we're going to teach you how to breathe when you're giving birth but let's teach you how to breathe like afterwards when the stress is like you know it's the you're trying about and then if you you know let's talk about like you get the perfect example here you are pregnant with this belly or like me you one day you get a phone call and say hey this baby's ready for you to adopt right so it's like you're like going oh this is reality it's happening now. Right. And yeah, you've read all the books and you've got all the advice from all your friends and family or whatever. But it's like, can I sit down and just some words and be like, this is what you can expect is going to happen. Ariel comes in there and she's going to share with you. These are things that it's going to that you can expect that's going to happen. And it's OK. It, it's OK. And here's the tools that you need or the places, resources you want to pour into and then say to that spouse and that family, you know, hey, that partner to be like, this is what's going to happen. And this is the signs you need to watch for. And these are the things you need to step and I just, Ariel, when you said that, I was just like, oh my gosh, you know, this is so powerful. So I I, I just I have I just love that. And I love that you share that. And that's something and I'm giving you a business idea, Miss Ariel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I have
0: quite a few uh things that I'm hoping to to get down the down the line. I love it. Um, for sure, for sure. I love it. Um, but I yeah, love with it. the with the breathing too, is that it it's not. A big part of it it is, you know, relaxing your breath and and, um, slowing it down, but it's not always, that's not always the case, that that's what you need. You know, if you're feeling really anxious and more of that, like postpartum anxiety, postpartum rage, then yes, absolutely. Those slower, the slower breath work techniques are going to do you wonders. Um, They bring you, you know, more into the present but if you're in a really like sluggish phase and you just feel depleted and you feel like you're lacking energy, uh, you know, a more invigorating breath work practice might be what you need in that moment to kind of help pull you through that. And then, you know, when you're at a better time in that day, doing some more of the slower, slower breathing practices is, is helpful. Uh, and then as well as, you know, Bringing the physical piece into it as well is how you're breathing, and focus on using your full diaphragm and learning to kind of really reconnect your diaphragm with your pelvic floor, and having them work in coordination with each other so that everything can work smoothly and effectively.
1: I I love those are great ideas, and I have to tell the listeners that are listening right now the best thing I love what's happening right now is Ariel is wearing her hats very well. She's a mama and she's got this little ones come over and just hopped in her lap. And I just love that that's happening in this world right now. And so, Ariel, I know we have a couple minutes left. Tell everybody where they can find you, dear. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry this was so short,
0: but I hope that you're gaining, gaining some out of it. Um, and, you know, with the marriage piece that you were talking about, and this baby comes in and how how that relationship changes immensely with the baby. And I feel like, People aren't expecting that or prepared for that at all. Um, so you know, taking care of yourself, doing mindfulness practices for yourself, it trickles out to the relationship with your partner, to the relationship with your baby, and with any additional kids that you may have had prior to the new addition coming in. Um, but since you asked, you can find me on Instagram. I am at Ariel Martone. I have um, you know my linked tree there, um, which is slash find your way mama. Um, and I have some good resources in there, um, which includes some free journal prompts to help kind of facilitate um, facilitate the getting to know yourself a little bit more um, and a little bit more in depth in this new role that you're in as mother. Um, and you can also find me if you're interested in working with me more closely. Um, you can find me at Find your way. sorry, www.findyourwaymama slash postpartum revolution. Um, and you can jump into my eight-week program there. And I am happy to answer any questions that you have. Um, if you just send me a DM, again, that's Ariel Martone.
1: I love it. And we're going to share all that information as well. So when everybody is watching the episode, you'll be able to click the links and everything. And so, Ariel, I didn't it to tell you this before we hopped on, but one of the great fun things we do on the Conversations with Pearl is we have these amazing cards. They're called Better Questions, Better Life. So they're a group okay. of 77 cards. So I'm just going to shuffle them and you're going to tell me when to stop and I'm going to read the card to you and let's see what you get. Okay. All right. So mm-hmm. here we go. Tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay. So your question says, what is my heart's desire? Ooh, that is a good one. And I feel like that's one that, that sometimes changes.
0: Um, you know. And I will say that mine has changed, not recently, but mine has changed since becoming a mother. Um, and my desire is really to, to help support other mothers through their postpartum journey so that they can come out on the other side feeling stronger, feeling more confident in themselves without the doubt, without all the guilt and the shame that can go along with it. Um, because, you know, I, I feel that if we really start supporting our mothers, it in turn can ripple out into, you know, not only the family, but, but the community as well.
1: And all of that is so why I started the Shiro League. And so those that are listening and Ariel, it's a great opportunity. If you ever want to come and visit, I'll shoot you the link. But it's, it's really an amazing group of women, a community of women who are moms of older kids and moms of younger kids or grandmas themselves. And it's just a way to come together as women and support each other in our self-care, in what our goals are and our dreams are. And I'm so honored to have had you today. And if you want for more information about the Shira League, you can go to WSLiving.com dot com and check it out there or you could also just email shiro at hello at WSliving.com and we'd be happy to help you and as we close out today i want to remind everybody like i always say you come into this world a little rough shell of an oyster on the outside but as you start working on your inside and really start finding out who you are you find your inner pearly greatness and i hope you have an amazing rest of your day and i want to thank ariel for joining us today yes thank you so much pearl for having me this was great
0: absolutely